smell. Smell. Yeah. Imp no. What was it? Pratita Samutpada. Yeah, Sanskrit word. So Pratitya Samutpada is a basic teaching of the Buddha, and it basically means that nothing comes from its own side as its own individual self. That means you and everybody else. And anything is dependent on every other situation and cause and condition for its apparent individuality, or you could even say ego. You could say ego here, ego there, self uh, and other, basically broken down into subject and object. So when I say smell that, what I'm saying is, uh, if you want to understand dependent origination, then consciousnesses, I think there's five of them, unless you're uh, a medium, medium rare. <laughs> they are rare. Only a few of those around. I'm trying to stifle it. <laughs> so, um, all the senses are doing something similar, or there's a correlation between the sense field of, the, of smell. You smell uh, incense, you smell uh, cologne, or you smell flowers, or you smell um, something that's musty, uh, going to a room, or going to the attic or the basement, and there's an odor situation that's uh, very immediate, and we immediately, as soon as that happens, we uh, we uh, spontaneously, almost like a, just a knee jerk, we add what it is, or we might even say, "What does that smell?" Or do you smell smoke? Or you know those kinds of things. So it's a very immediate of the sense consciousness. is It's one of the most immediate and spontaneous that, and it doesn't really need much help from the thinking process. So the thinking process, as it is uh, attached to your that area of the consciousness that thinks there is somebody, that thinks somebody needs protecting. See, somebody needs advancing, and somebody is sensitive to other people's opinions, ideas, and we're even sensitive to our own ideas and opinions. So smell, pratitya, samutpada, I'm saying, you don't have to just think about that. And how, how is everything dependently arisen? You know, you're, you're not going to come to any kind of understanding. I'm not saying you won't come to conclusions, but those are stand-ins for understanding. You don't need a conclusion. You don't need an opinion. I could say it more directly. Don't be stupid. <laughs> don't don't push your opinions away. That that's just more of the same thing. Just notice that some of your positions on things are based on uh, on unexamined conclusions because it just feels better to know. You notice that? It just feels better to know about this, know about that. You can stop investigating. People are doing this all the time, everywhere, in every whatever, uh, every realm. The political realm, the psychological realm, the, your workplace, your family, conclude, conclude. Con when you conclude something, it's not that it couldn't seem relatively helpful for 20 minutes, but basically you're shutting down your mind. You're shutting down that area of the mind that actually sees things as they are. If you see things as they are, you won't be able to explain it to anybody because the concepts won't won't line up in such a way that you can do that. And the, the way, uh, for instance, uh, if I say, um, use the senses, smell dependent origination rather than, than just think about it. So actually notice the way uh, what's called in the, the, in the tradition is called the, the, uh, um, oh, the uh, was it 18, uh, 16, 18 datus. And, uh, and uh, the 
the uh, I'm not very good with numbers. The ayatanas uh, are the are just the uh, I think it's the just the sense uh, um, uh, uh, organ like the eye and just uh, the object which which is being seen. And then there's a if you what's three times eight? What's three times six? Nobody's going to help me here. Huh? Eighteen, 18 datus. Okay, thanks. So, excuse me. So don't uh, in interrupt the default. The default is you're just here and you're hanging out and you're not doing much. You might be receiving a little bit and you might be producing a little bit. Yeah, have you noticed that this, the five sense consciousnesses don't think? They don't produce anything. They just receive. And if your mind is constantly producing and never receiving, this is, uh, I have a really good word for that. I don't even have to go to Sanskrit. Insanity. You might be insane in a way that works okay because we're living in an insane world. So you might find a way where your particular insanity can you know, it's called a, a club, uh, a lodge, uh, a, a Buddhist path, or any other path. You can find somebody that's going to agree with you and go along with you and support your blindness. And you could say, well, so goes on. Or you might not say that. You might say, well, aren't you doing the same thing you're pointing out? Yes, I am. What's the difference? Is there a difference? Find the difference. See what it is. See if you can find the difference between uh, having an opinion and knowing you have an opinion. It's called awareness. You don't have to correct or change anything. You can actually be who you are 120% right now for the rest of your life. And the other thing, but if you want to find out more about the base that everything is dependently risen, it's a difficult one to understand. People, people who have been monks for 40 years misunderstand it. And I'm not going to point them out, nor am I going to offer to help them, particularly. It's a, none of, and I'm a, that mean I'm a great seer? No. You can see just as well as I can. Just quit covering it up. Don't cover up your Buddha nature. Buddha nature is not something else. There isn't anything else. The third turning teaching says, empty of other. Don't conclude anything. Don't conclude. You don't need to conclude. This was more scary to ego because it wants the protection of ideas, beliefs, opinions, judgments, evaluations, conclusions. You don't need that. What is that saying? Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> but what you could do is you could you could use your sense consciousnesses to further, you could say, educate yourself about the about your own subjective understanding of dependent origination. You could take any one of the senses, sense of taste, and just notice how um, how when you eat something, there's a, an object, which is the taste, and there's the consciousness, which is the taste consciousness, and then what else is there? Oh, the banana, or whatever. There's the object, and there's the, and there's the tip of the tongue, or whatever, or the mouth, and then there's the, what's that other one? The consciousness itself that has a connection between the object and the organ. So those, you don't have to just taste something and and go back into your circularity, your thinking process to daydream about stuff. You could take some time and look at that. Don't take that for granted. Interrupt the default of just, I'm eating a banana. There isn't anyone. There's no one eating a banana. Find out. Don't believe a word I say you have anything other than maybe you might want to train your mind 
you might want to might want at some point interrupt the constant habitual patterns of the vasanas are coming out of the eighth consciousness and we know we've talked about all this before and are completely convincing you that you're somebody and you're going somewhere and you're going to live for a while longer and blocking out that you're only going to live so much longer <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like Rinpoche says, some people are going to die right away, and then other people are going to die a little later. Everybody else will die a little later, but everybody's dying. Look at the two different consciousnesses: say, taste, uh, uh, the uh, taste, and say thoughts. Those are quite a bit different. But one of them you can say after taste, and you can say after thought. But you can't really say after smell. Why not? Why can't you say that? Because smell, the smell, the smell is always a smell. But an afterthought is a, a kind of a, a seconding the emo or seconding the perception. It's a secondary kind of thing, and it's one of the things that stacks up against the door to liberation, so you can't get through it. To use a metaphor, there's no uh, after smell. The aftertaste isn't even an aftertaste. It's taste. It's taste. It's not after anything. Might be contrast between uh, what happened an hour ago and what's still in your mouth. Don't take anything for granted. Don't take those for granted. They're yours. These are your. You're here and you're an apparent uh, three-dimensional being in a whatever kind of world this is. And you have so long using time as a, something that we measure. You only have so long to be here. Find out what this is. Find out what this is. Please do that. Find out what this is so you have no doubt. If you have doubts, sit down, hold still, and look at the doubter. Just look at that doubter. And the way you do that is you first look at the everything that is arising in any of the six sense fields, in particular the mind, and you don't in, in interrupt it with your uh, ideas, your control mechanisms, or your... your uh, um, uh, res don't when you resonate with something, just watch the resonance. Don't leave that to come to a conclusion about what it is or who did it. You don't need to know who did anything. What you might need to know is who thinks that. Is there someone who thinks that? Is there anyone else who whose wife irons their their handkerchiefs? Yours does. You did iron this, didn't you? So the encouragement is to, you know, get to know yourself in a in a not just a surfacey way where you're interacting with other people and their ideas and their opinions and having conversations about this and that. Not you, not that you can't do that also, but sit down, hold still, find some time to do this to sit down and train your mind to see clearly anything that's showing up uh, minus the elaborations about it. That takes a while to do that. It's, it's not something we can just suddenly do. First, we have to watch the, the incessant the incessant elaboration that the mind has been conditioned to make since beginningless time or since this lifetime or all the other lifetimes that you may or may not have had. So each one of those sense fields has its own uh, object and its own uh, or a sense organ. And then the, the very dynamic of consciousness itself that, that causes that to be, this happens, then that occurs. 
and it does it because of consciousness, it be, it be, because of the dynamic of consciousness. But you can't actually, you don't actually see anything you're looking at. You always see your impression of it. You can't have some, one thing without the other, on the other hand, and on the same hand, and it's not even about hands. Uh, it's uh, You can actually close your eyes and remember. The mind is just vast, and un, un, unbelievably dimensionless. This was a basic teaching of the Buddha. Everything is dependently risen. Nothing comes from its own side as somebody. Nothing, nothing comes this way as somebody else. Nothing comes this way as somebody. But something's happening. Find out what it is. Find out so that you know what it is. If you, if you, if you see what this is, you will be tongue-tied. At least for a while. And then you'll start talking about it, maybe. You might even teach it. And as I say, and I've said over and over again to anybody who uh, listens to me, don't teach unless you have to. And also don't help anybody unless you have permission to help them. When somebody is sitting and uh, say, talking about something and you see that they're incorrect, give them the space to be incorrect. Uh, respect people's confusion rather than laying your idea on the confusion as if you need to point out some, to, something to somebody when you haven't even trained your own mind. Shut up. Um, you brought up the ayatans and the datus. Are the can the seventh and eighth consciousnesses be broken apart in a similar way? We don't have, we have some access to the seventh because we can see the way we keep objecting to this and agreeing with that and arguing with it and do, we can see that. But to actually see the the eighth, uh, you can kind of see the function of it, but it's it's difficult to uh, to go in it because it's not actually something. It's it's just a way of talking about that aspect of the of the various consciousnesses so that we can so that we can reflect on it a little bit. So I don't think it's as, as available. According to the tradition, if uh, one awakens and that vanishes, uh, they, there isn't, there, there's no separation between the consciousnesses anymore. The Westerner, uh, Norman O'Brown, called that polymorphous perverse. In other words, should perverse, should the sense of taste be thinking? Go ahead and answer it. <laughs> I can tell you no. No. No, good. Yes. When we talk about understanding, it seems that that's usually taking place in the mind or the thoughts. When you talked about using the sense consciousnesses mm -hmm. to understand Pratitya Samapada, is that understanding taking place in that actual sense yes. consciousness? It is. But it's, it's, it's still consciousness. So uh, consciousness is everywhere. I mean, right now, as I've said, I've used the metaphor several times, if you were Consciousness, if you were suddenly, we have a little bit of consciousness that gets us from one room to the other, gets us dressed in the morning and hopefully gets us into the shower once in a while. And uh, we have that kind of a situation. What was that about? <laughs> <laughs> You're looking around to say, who takes showers? <laughs> I think we both look at Jinshu. Oh, you did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Safe in water, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. What? Aren't you in Oh, Wim Hof, you know, that's the cold. That's where you freeze yourself so you can be brave. <laughs> okay. So what happens is uh, the, the mind works perfectly well. The thinking process works perfectly well with uh, the sense of smell or taste or touch 
when there's no uh, hope and fear uh, interfering with that and causing us to clamp down on one thing being right and one thing being wrong. As long as the, the judgment faculty is uh, somewhat neutralized by it, we're more relaxed so we can actually be in that situation. And so then you could say that in some sense, the, the, the set, what, what happens, I, I, I feel that what happens is, that, is whatever sense consciousness it is, is uh, trusted. Uh, not believe, but just just that whatever is arising in the sense of touch or the sense of taste or the sense of hearing, that the mind doesn't go ahead of that and interfere with it before the before that's able to actually function. And how does it actually function? It doesn't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. The sense of taste doesn't have a name for sour, but it sure knows what it is. The thinking process does not know what sour is. It gets its cues from the from the sense of taste, but it wants to take over. It wants to be the one who, I'm the person who tastes. No, you're not. Uh, sometimes it's even said that when, when one, is, uh, uh, one, is, one, one is liberated, one still has emotions, but there's no one having them. The emotions have the emotions. It's called liberation. And it's not from something, and it's not to something. It's not, you're not free to do something, and you're not free from something. That whole polarity is based on uh, the politics of experience that we call what conventional word is paranoia. Worried that somebody's going to get what you've got or you're going to, or you don't get enough of what you should have and so on and so forth. Would someone know if they were liberated? Not in the conventional sense. They would, they, they, that language, they wouldn't necessarily use that. Oh, they might in some situations, they might stay that, but unlikely because it's not, it's not something else. It's this. Nothing. So sometimes uh, it said that nothing occurred. Uh, if you if you're forced or pushed, you might say, "Well, nothing actually occurred." Same same person. Same things going on. More. Don't have any more. Uh, kind of. All right. <laughs> I had an idea of what I thought you were going to say, and I had a backup question for it, but you didn't say what I thought you were going to say. Tell me what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> what, what do you think I was going to say? I'm not sure, but I have a question, though. You're not going to tell me what you thought I was going to say? Um, Go ahead. Say whatever you want to say. What What fuels the the self-elaboration elabor of, oh, I'm, I'm liberated now, and and how, how could there be an absence of that? There isn't anyone to be liberated. So, therefore, the... the it has experiential qualities to it, but it's not an actual experience other than, you know, waking up as an experience. Like you wake up in the morning, that would probably be a fairly close metaphor. More? But you were saying what fuels that? And I think what fuels anything that, that is going towards something or going away from something, going or uh, concluding something like an opinion, like I'm awake. Um, it's just a cover up. And it's a, it's a, just a self-centeredness getting intensified. Michael? This idea of fuel, isn't it not separate from, from self to begin with? I don't know what you're talking about. Are you using the word, it, you fuel this thing? Yes. And then it does seem, all right, the question is, where does this fuel come from? Hope and fear, wanting something, not wanting this, but not wanting that. Simple situation. Wanting things to be the uh, second noble truth of the Buddha. The first one is life is suffering, confusing, difficult, 
not satisfactory, we tend to cover up that with with hope, or we, or we cover it up with getting uh, out of a situation that's fearful, or, and all the different other ways you could tell a story about it. So we we do it through different different forms of ignorance, but the fuel comes from just paranoia, thinking there's someone to protect and there's someone to advance. Someone that's why. Uh, you have if somebody meditates a lot and has really great experiences. These are just uh, in a Japanese tradition called makyo or illusion, because they you can't won't won't you don't need to fuel uh, awakening. You need to fuel an ego to keep it going to thinking that somebody that can win a war and can get to the you know leader of the pack or whatever can accomplish. And we're not I'm not against accomplishing anything. Particularly, I'm not saying we shouldn't go out and make a living or make a million dollars or whatever you want to do, but it might be good to train your mind so that you won't uh, stomp all over people doing that with some kind of justification that you have to do it. More, go ahead. So awakening doesn't require any fuel. I don't think so. It might it might require some kind of insight or some kind of inspiration to understand, or it might. Hearing a word. If you don't hear the teaching of the Buddha in some way, you won't come into a room like this. You have to hear hear that. There has to be some kind of something else, some kind of you could call it curiosity about what this is. But it also, if that starts to show up, fear can show up at the same time because ego does not want to be discovered because it knows it's impermanent. Yes. You mentioned the sense of taste knowing sour but then the mind coming in and mm -hmm. adding on to that. Mm -hmm. Can the conceptual mind have an intimate understanding of something like the sense of smell and taste? Good question. I think, I think that, uh, and you hear the word I just used, I think, I think, but I could also say I feel. There's different dimensions to that. Uh, the Trungpa Rinpoche would say, respond, what's the difference between feeling and and thinking, he would say, feelings are kind of like high-speed thoughts. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not blaming Rinpoche for anything. That's kind of a cop-out. That means he just never saying that you can just deal with that. But, you know, I, what I would say is nobody knows what that is. Nobody really knows uh, what the boundary is between feeling and thinking. It's a, And it seems to be, you know, all the people I've met, and I've met a few, in, in the sense of talking to somebody about how their mind is working, um, it seems to be so different with each person, each some. Some people just never stop feeling. They're always coming out of their feelings. You, you know what I'm saying. And some people are constantly thinking about everything. And there's even, uh, I'm going to be talking about the Buddha families here pretty soon, which I was invited to, to do. I'm not an expert in the Buddha families. But I was invited to do that, so I'll probably do it. And that that's like the Enneagram. It kind of categorizes things. Or like astrology categorizes things. And very helpful. Some of those things, some of those areas are, you know, uh, the Jungian uh, types are very, very helpful if you real uh, going and uh, read the different the way he categorized different uh, approaches. Um, but as far as uh, uh, um, your question, I think I think it's just very subjective, and it might be different with each person. But I'm, I think there's all kinds of uh, you could call it acrobatics that can happen in that area, and not not just. Uh, um, ego-driven things, but actually insight about what is happening. If you really have deep insight to, about what is happening, be, it will be hard to talk about it. 
because that kind of usually uh, when that happens to somebody, they, they either start painting pictures or they become poets or they, or they try to figure out some way to express that through one of the arts. That's what those are for is that. Um, but I don't think you can just do art and not sit down and sharpen the blade. I think, I think sitting still, not to be a Buddhist, probably would help, but you don't have to do that. But sharpening the mind. So whatever, whenever you get up off the cushion to go and become a, a sous chef or a, or a, helicopter pilot, whatever you decide to do, actually there's a lot of clarity about everything that's happening, about the six sense fields, about, uh, you might not use the word pratitya samutpada or even the relationship between the, the uh, um, what do they call those? They're going to help me. Datus. Yeah, that's Is it datus or aitanas? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your help. <laughs> More about that. Is there certainty and in insight? So the Japanese tradition is uh, is satori, which is uh, which I translate into Sanskrit as unutra samyak sambodhi, or complete. And the English would be complete, unexcelled enlightenment. There isn't anything else to know about. I mean, there might be all kinds of information around the corner, down the hall, uh, or in the library, or this. You if you see this, then there's certainty. And the certainty is you know who you are and you know what this is and uh, pretty wordless. And you, you're probably just going to run and wander around and bump into things just like everybody else does. You won't stand out in a crowd at all. They're ordinary. I'm only, I only stand out if I get up there and talk a little bit. But if you met me down the road, you'd just probably think I was a homeless person. <laughs> Am I homeless? No. Not yet. Pardon me. One. What is inside if it's wordless? What is inside if it's wordless? It's uh, it's wisdom, or it's uh, you. You see what this is. There, there isn't anything else to understand. That doesn't mean that you can't learn to play golf or accumulate information, but it's not information. It's direct perception. It's direct insight. And there are some people that will tell you the only way you can get that is to. You know, practice Tantra. The only way you can do that is to be a Taoist. The only way you can get that is to whatever, be a Christian, be a, a, any dynamic. The only way you can really see what this is. As Meister Eckhart said in the 13th century, if, and he was a, um, a Christian monastic, and he said, God went that way, and the truth went that way, I could let God go and follow the truth. That's pretty profound. And I think that's probably why they killed him. I don't think anybody's really sure what happened to him. He just suddenly vanished. The church didn't like that kind of talk. Yes? Is that last comment, are you talking about control? What are you asking me? Is your example... About Meister Eckhart? Yes. Is that about... Is he talking about control there? I don't know. What do you think? I could let God go. You'd have to know... His way of saying that is going to show up a lots of different ways, depending on who's listening. When the Pope heard that, he didn't like that because he's, well, you know, you know what he is. Because he's the chief control. Yeah. Is that where you were going? Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes. A couple of questions have come in online. Certainly. Shane in California. California. Um, are thoughts produced 
thoughts believed and thoughts received not believed. Read that again. That is Shane, so I'm taking that into consideration. <laughs> Go ahead, Shane. I mean, yeah. Our thoughts produced, okay, thoughts believed. Okay, thoughts are produced. Okay, believing my thoughts. Okay, and believing now what? And thoughts received, not believed. Ah, yeah, I see where you're going now. So if I understand what you're asking me, I would say don't believe anything. So that's that's the approach. But what, if you're asking me, is this what's happening? Then probably there's something to that. The thoughts that we're producing, we, we tend to believe, even though they're negative, uh, maybe harmful or thoughts that are interfering with what's actually in front of us, like <clears throat> like uh, preconceptions or opinions about people. Somebody walks in the room and we immediately project onto them who they are. We don't really see who they are. To see who they are, to really receive whatever's happening in your life through any of the sense fields is is a very, very dangerous feeling to ego. And it might not show up as danger. It might just show up as, well, I don't want anything to do with that. But it's actually a mask. It's a way of refusing something before there's any, because if you actually perceived what it was, then then you would be actually allowing the fear to come in. That's why I say, and I'm saying it to you, and I, you can't get rid of prejudice. If you think you're not prejudiced, that's the very nature of prejudice. You have to be aware. Aware. It's a big A word. That's why you spell it with an A instead of like unwear or underwear or inwear. It's A, A, B, C, D, A, wear. Be aware. That, what does that mean? Receive. No matter what it is, receive it. And don't add on your calculations, your interpretations to that necessarily. And if you add on things to it, then just be aware of that. Prejudice is, is the very nature of ignorance. You can't uh, get rid of it. Yes. Tapra from Benton Harbor asks, how do we work with the fear of the groundlessness that comes when we just see phenomena rising and falling without attachment? That's how you do it. Just continue. That's called the path. Just continue. There's nowhere to go. There's no way to, no place to arrive at. That whole situation is, a, she's just describing uh, how that feels to her. Or you're describing how that feels. Just keep doing that. If you slow down, I'll push you. With your permission, but not without your permission. It can feel, it can feel lonely. I mean, it can feel, it can feel like you don't have any support, even though you're able to talk to a teacher, you have a sangha, you have a text to study, it can still feel lonely. And is that loneliness doesn't necessarily go away. Another word that could be used there is you just realize you're alone. It's also called not separate. All the six sense fields, including mine. You no longer are at odds with anything about anything because it's not separate. It's like you just suddenly find you're uh, in a huge group of people, your third chair in the violin section. That doesn't mean you just accept your karma. I'm not talking about accepting anything. Don't accept anything. Don't fight with anything. It's a very weak cop. <laughs> Ed. When, you, when you're observing a sense or your senses, feeling, touch, whatever, is it that, and you start thinking, is the thinking a hindrance or is it an aid? Both and neither. It, should, it could be just anything. The important thing is just let things happen. There's no, there's no one here. Any of you know we... Uh, your name is Ed, and my name is Sokazan. We have some kind of 
referential situation happening. That fundamentally, there you don't have to fool with any of it. Just so sometimes it it might be uh, helpful uh, in terms of uh, the goal being, uh, shall we use a generic term, sanity. It might be helpful, and sometimes it could get in the way. It is your job as a as awareness or as a practitioner, as someone who's interested in being more aware about what this is and not just believing this and disbelieving that, to just watch what's happening. Because what you need, you already have. But we, we don't think that. We think that we're something's missing. We need something else. We need more of something. We need more enlightenment or we need more clarity or we need less uh, um, disturbance in our mind. It's just a misunderstanding. More? Well, when, when, when one of the senses like, like this smell, for example, pops up, you know, I, 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 I see that. I'm aware of that. And you smell start, that. Huh? You smell that. Right. And then, and then I start, you know, I start thinking about it. And then, okay. And then sometimes another sense pops up at the same time. I, mean, I start thinking about that. So? And, you know, I, I say, well, that's interesting. Ah, so then you commented on it. Huh? Then you then you had a comment on it. You, it happened. You actually abandoned what was happening and went into the mental process instantly and said, "That's interesting." So you actually abandoned what you were smelling. Fight with me. <laughs> it's always about a word. So the actual okay. okay so so naming it is 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 a hindrance. But, but I'm still hung up on the thought. I'm not using the word hindrance. That's and that's old. I'm not saying that those aren't there, but. I prefer to say that you um, thought stuff loaded with the with the word hindrance. The uh, hind word hindrance is loaded. It's like it's like something you got to stop happening. It's just a misunderstanding that that is rampant because it's so very simple. You do not have to make yourself be somebody else. You you actually get to be who you are. You actually get to be. Uh, this is an astonishing misunderstanding. It's because it's so simple and it is completely clouded over with centuries and centuries and centuries of misunderstanding, uh, not only of just psychology or uh, literature or art or uh, religious uh, structures. Uh, Buddhism it's, itself is full of that. Go ahead. I, I have a tendency to analyze. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, analyze. Okay, so is it better to analyze or, or, or to pay attention to one of the other senses? Do both. Do both. Analyze. But you need to be aware of it. Don't, please don't stop analyzing. That's just a way of uh, processing. And some people don't do much of that. Since you hardly analyzes at all. <laughs> but she can practically read your mind. It's not a compliment. She can, she, that's, why she's a, that's why she's a counselor, because she knows who's in front of her. And she also knows better than meddle with them based on a bunch of dumb opinions. She has very few opinions. She thinks that's a fault. I don't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Follow me a little bit. You get to just analyze all you want. Just be aware that you're doing that. Just be aware. Just awareness. Nothing to accomplish. There's nothing to do. Nothing to accomplish. Nowhere to go. It's a, it's a good thing. Well, I tell myself that all the time. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> 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 Sounds like something my stepdad said to me. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> all this analyzing, you know, I ain't going anywhere. Just aware. Just be aware. Sir, Michael. It's part of what you're talking about. It seemed like in, in this discussion, it was like swallowing 
that if you use something something that is a dualistic in nature, rather than analyzing it without that dualistic going, well, it seems it seems that that's where. No, this is a statement. Ask the question. How how do we go about analyzing and not use a dualistic point of view? Just be aware of it, and it takes takes time. I mean, you know, quite often people maybe might try to stop doing that. I'm, not, I'm saying analyze uh, who or analyze everything. I appreciate that. I have other students who don't analyze much at all. I appreciate that. You can include everybody gets included. We have, you know, I mean. But what's a, a conventional example is a rainbow. Look at all the colors you, you can't have. There's no priority. The whole idea of hierarchy is just misunderstanding. Somebody needs to be in charge. It's, a, it's an amazing situation. Don't you think? Don't you know? Don't you know? Well, the rainbow is definitely something that's hierarchical. If it's always going to appear from blue to red. That's its business. You want to get in? Yeah. It says, but and your mind is not your business. It just looks like it, and that's the ego. That's the seventh consciousness coming. In. Just have your feel. Whatever feeling is coming up is totally appropriate. Stop objecting. I say this over and over again. Just stop objecting to your life. Be genuine. Be who you are. This doesn't validate you harming people. It doesn't validate you um, spending the rest of your life in bed or valid validate you taking a bunch of drugs, and I'm not talking about hedonism, I'm talking about authentic presence. Just be wherever you're at, wherever you're at, be where you're at, wherever you're at. And then just notice how your mind or the ego mind wants something else, wants something else. All you have to do is be uh, aware of the something else-ness, the desire for something else. It's just a root situation is the unexamined uh, concept, the unexamined, unexamined concept is that there is somebody just because there's a body mind complex here, but there's no one here. There's no solid being here. Discontinuous identity is coming and going. If it's time to play poker, the poker person will come along. If it's time to empty the wastebasket, uh, you'll ignore it. The ignoring person will come along. It's just, it's just very, it's very interesting the way the identity keeps going like that. You go look in the mirror and see the same person, unless you, when we look in the mirror once a year, and then you'll notice quite a bit of difference between one year and the next. Hawkeron has another question. It's unhelpful to plan for the future while being on this path. Tension behind the plan. The plan is to kind of cover things up so you don't have to be aware of what's changing all the time. Uh, if you're doing that, then you're kind of shutting things out at the same time you're trying to move into the forest. You're actually... You know, you're, you're looking at a picture of a forest and you're looking at that rather than actually going into the forest. You have substitutes, you know, uh, yeah. So actually that's why sitting down and facing a wall is so powerful. And the more you can do that, the way I look at it, uh, seems to be helpful. Maybe not everyone, but sitting down, holding still, that, that will begin to show you the way in which you're avoiding your life. And some of you're opting for something else and then you have a whole propaganda thing about why it's okay to do that. And it's so it's about awareness. It's not about concluding that something. Go ahead. Laura from Traverse City. Laura. How can we stretch awareness while off the cushion? So there might be several ways of doing that that you might even be able to think up some by watching the way you keep shutting things down. That's uh, stretching the awareness. 
But when you see that, don't necessarily abandon that by concluding that you need to fix it. Been talking to somebody about some particular project or something that you're, uh, then at the same time you're there, you might you might just go to a very simple, uh, uh, again, Pratitya Samadpada, a very dis, uh, simple awareness practice of alternating from one sense to the other. And you don't have to do it with some kind of thing where you've got to get something out of it. But just uh, you're sitting, you're listening, you're receiving someone's uh, words, you're, and you could actually watch, you could see their form change. You could watch their expressions, seeing, uh, receiving what's happening there rather than adding on uh, anything, any comments or any uh, judgments, evaluations about how they appear or about their, their, their talking with their hands or whatever. And then at the same time, you could be aware of gravity, sense of touch, gravity. Be aware of the of your clothes. And I'm not saying lock down on it and create some kind of an awareness person, some kind of a really mindful. I was really mindful all day today. I just I didn't miss anything. I got everything. I'm just nauseating. I was so aware. But you could just you could you could just flash on it. Just 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 flash, and then you know uh, just to kind of a, what do they uh, say? A touch and go. Just touch on it and go. Touch on it. Let it go. Vijay, several centuries ago was using that kind of a metaphor a little bit in his early teachings in the 70s. You just touch and let it go. No no grasping, no no trying to maintain. The maintenance idea is what the ego wants to maintain some kind of a success. But you could, uh, uh, Laura, you could just uh, you could pick out a couple. If you're, especially if you're a very auditory person or sometimes people are very sound conscious but not so visual or maybe you're very visual but not so sound consciousness or maybe something else. But you can just things that are happening in the present moment invites those in through awareness. The ego gets kind of worried because it, it knows that it's not keeping track of what's being said. And it's afraid it'll be embarrassed because the person will say, so what do you think about that? And you go, uh, I was uh, being aware of my toes. <laughs> so and you won't do that because it's it, it, because you don't need a, a central a central. Uh, um, bureaucracy to run your life. I couldn't do this if I was thinking all the time. I couldn't come up here and sit without even knowing. I mean, I, I sent uh, you a talk title without even really knowing. I mean, I thought about it a little bit, but I wasn't sure what I was going to say. And I certainly, what I end up saying and what I think beforehand are two different things. We all have that experience of, well, I think I'm going to do this, but then when you get there, you start to change because of the what's showing up, whoever talks to you. Someone comes in the room that you didn't expect. Things change. So alternating between two, sense of touch. Uh, you can even go from the sense of taste uh, to the sense of hearing. Just And then notice that when you do that, then notice what all the other sense fields are doing, especially the mind. The thinking process, uh, it can get used to it. Uh, eventually, it just realizes it's just part of the orchestra. Uh, it's not the conductor. You don't need a conductor. You really need really need to hear, smell, taste, touch. We need those senses in order to be a complete living being, a spiritual being, as has been said, having a physical experience. This won't last long. Learn as much as you can. This is not going to last. <laughs> Sorry, I get out the laugh. Stop that. <laughs> yes. We realize Pratitya Samapada without the first five sense consciousnesses. Um, I don't know if you could or not. Uh, you probably wouldn't have a body-mind complex. Uh, some people uh, 
Who is the woman who was, uh, who was blind and deaf? I can't think of her name now. Helen Keller. What an amazing incarnation that was. It's like, uh, it's like she, who knows what happened, but it's like she came in and said, I'm going to really limit uh, my sense field. She had an interesting uh, take on the elimination diet. It's going to do away with the sense of sight and eh, I'm going to wipe out hearing and, and then I'll see how I do. She was pretty amazing. So there's, Anytime you see anybody that's functioning in any way, uh, they're in some kind of a schoolroom. There seems to be some, this is sustainable, there seems to be some fairly interesting, uh, when a small child who doesn't have a particular sense, and through modern, they, they get the sense there's this automatic change in that child right then and there, because the senses are mm-hmm. something they've never experienced before, now, bang. Yeah. Amazing. Further questions? Very good. Thank you. We'll stand and dedicate the merit at the back of our chant books. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. We appreciate and depend on your financial support. Thank you. into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way.